0: Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to the One to One Podcast with Kevin Wells and Father Dan Leary. In this episode, Father Dan heads to Guadalajara and unpacks what we can do, the listeners, to join him spiritually on this journey that he is on. All that and more on this episode of One to One Podcast.
1: Podcast with our priest on a mission, Father Dan Leary. I'm co-host Kevin Wells. The name of one-to-one comes from the words of Father Larrow, who said, When you're confronted with a child who's sick, you cannot be indifferent. You have to help this individual on a one-to-one person-to-person basis.
2: So welcome back, Father Dan. Hey Kevin, great to be with you. Great to be with you this afternoon.
1: Uh, it's awesome to be with you. So so listen, here's what I've heard. I heard the other day you hopped in a car. Roberto was your chauffeur. You were in the back with your Grey coupon and some champagne. You are driving across the country. So tell me about the trip, number one, and tell me why you had to travel so far to get to where you are.
2: Well, there's nothing better than being eight hours in the car in Mexico, let me tell you. So if, <laughs> if it's something you're lacking, just just hop in a plane and come on down and we can drive you around Mexico. No, I, I actually went from Girlstown in Chalco, Mexico, to Guadalajara, which is Boystown. So I left the girl's town, which has the total of about 3,500, although some of the girls have graduated. And I came over here to Guadalajara, and there's 1,500 boys here. And so I begun my work here, working in boy's town.
1: I got you. Okay, so so I, I've i made that same trip from Chalco to Guadalajara. Uh, a lot of uh, fires up in the mountain, a lot of lonely um, uh, cowboys with sombreros on on skinny skinny horses and a lot of a lot a whole lot of nothing on that trip but but now you're actually in the in the destination point guadalajara it sounds like it's a little windy outside so looking out right now in guadalajara why don't you sort of tell the folks uh give them
2: give them what the landscape is well it's really kind of beautiful that the sister's place is on a hillside it's kind of on a mountain and so you can see it From a distance. So as I stand where I am, I can look out and see across a significant portion of Guadalajara, though Guadalajara is very mountainous. And it's really beautiful because when you approach towards um, Guadalajara, you can see the building of the sisters rising. It's really like a city built on a mountain, it's a light in the darkness actually for the boys. And it's an opportunity, of course, for the boys to study and know their faith and know to learn many opportunities to provide for their families. But it's really beautiful. It's got this amazing way where the boys can run the entire property um, through, it's like an obstacle course. The other day I was out actually hearing confessions with the sister and one boy came running by, not too far, on this on this gravel road. <laughs> without shoes on. I mean, the guy was running like a full sprint. I was like, is somebody chasing him? Because nobody runs that fast naturally unless somebody's chasing them, okay? And this kid was just running and he was exercising. And then I watched as the boys did it and they run the whole property. And it's very mountainous, it's very hilly, the land. And the boys are doing all kinds of like leg exercises. It's pretty amazing just watching the boys just get the exercise. So it's beautiful. So there I was sitting down doing nothing with my great coupon hearing sister's confession while the boys are running. Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> hey, father, 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 dirty little
1: humiliating secret. I, I was asked uh, when I would do Guadalajara a few months ago by by four boys to make that hike up on the mountain behind the uh, you know, behind the boys' camp. Yeah. So I'm about halfway up and I'm crying and I'm sweating. My face is turning red and I didn't have any water. And, and they kept stopping for me, acting like they were looking at the views, but really they felt sorry for the gringo. So, 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 so I'd be walking up the hill and these boys would come flying past me up the hill, running up the hill, no problems at all. So I, yeah, I realized yeah. that these, these, these guys are in good shape, a lot, a lot better shape than I. So, so anyway, we all need humility, but, but, um. But Father, I wanna I wanna ask you something um, before we get into what's going on in Guadalajara. Uh, w- we know the difference between the female and the male sex is multitudinous, but in in just in, you know you're council with the girls for about a month, month and a half. Now you're in Guadalajara. What what are some of the biggest differences uh, that that you see as their chaplain from sort of leading the girls to Christ and leading the boys to Christ?
2: Yeah. Great. So here's what's happening. You know, you have you have six weeks in Chalco and you get to know the, the girls somewhat. You know, they know you, they see you and you're very public because it's kind of the where it's Waldo kind of experience. I'm the only guy with the collar on. What I noticed was as the girls began their process of healing and confessions and the masses with healing prayers, they actually started bringing me their buddies that were struggling. You know, I go walking across campus and a girl, someone goes, we yell, hello, Father. And then I will wave to them and invite them over for a blessing. And invariably, the girls grab each other by the hand and run towards me. And that image outside of the confessional was kind of the image that I would see, started seeing in the confessional after about three to four weeks, where girls were bringing their friends who maybe just needed to open up about something in various, on various topics. And so it was very, very profound, those moments with the girls. And the work isn't even done. Like there's going to be a lineup of girls getting ready to go to confession when I get back there in about a week. Um, So that's one angle. The second angle is the presence of a father for the girls, was very unusual for them, you know. Many of them would ask me, "Did I know Father Al?" I say, "No, I never knew him." But just merely walking around at lunch, going into their little families, or going over to dinner, it was really amazing, you know. I would help serve the meal, and it was just so simple, you know. I'm just holding this pot while the girls dishing out the food. It's nothing extraordinary, but just the mere presence of a spiritual father was significant. So. I see the girls healing and opening up and revealing some of the stuff that they really never talked about with the boys i have only been on campus for four days. And so I'm giving a retreat to the sisters. But what's happening is, you know, I talked to the oldest boys together and I told them I want to make a good confession. And they're doing that. They're kind of digging in, digging in, digging in. And um, so I'm getting through the first round. It takes some while for the boys to kind of get that comfort level, that presence where they're like, okay, I can trust this guy. So I'm seeing that as another angle is that the boys need that fatherly presence as well. Many of them have experienced, you know, abandonment, just like the girls, many of them have experienced trauma and violence. And, and so, you know, poverty is so multi-layered, but, what I'm starting to see is the powerful work of the sisters giving these boys the opportunity to, to grow. And then that added dimension of the priesthood is providing the healing foundation for them to grow even more profoundly. Right,
1: right. Well, that, that healing foundation that, that you're there in Guadalajara now, I, I imagine what you got to do with the boys. I mean, the boys grow up hard. Uh, you know, they're, they're, yeah. they're in the fields barefoot at the age of eight working alongside dad and grandpa, if they have a dad or a grandpa but but i wonder is there a thick scab of cynicism that that hardening that you've got to penetrate to 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 get in like what do you need to do if, if when you see these these hard boys look at you and say ah he's just another he's just another priest he's not going
2: to do much for me what do, what do you need to do to really penetrate you know it's the ministry of presence that father al talked a lot about it's it's presence by walking around now that's exactly what the boys need you know they need the guy you know, the lazy priest standing on the hillside, watching them run the hill. You know, they need that encouragement. How many times did I watch the girls playing a game and I was yelling, come on, vamos, vamos, we can do this. Of course, because that inspired them. There was, I was running one day in Chalco and the girls were yelling, animo, animo father, which is like, keep going, keep going, you know? And it's that same mentality, right? Of, Animo, animo, courage, courage, which maybe a lot never experienced, but just standing on the side, encouraging that sacrifice that finish the race is important for everybody. But I'm seeing it definitely with both boys and girls.
1: Yeah, yeah. they need the physical cheerleader and they they also need the spiritual cheerleader on the sort of that stands on the sideline of their soul, always trying to bring them closer to Christ. They're the same action. So listen, you mentioned something a few minutes ago that I find very interesting. So when I heard you were going down to Mexico uh, as a missionary priest, my thought was, well, he's going to get active with the boys and girls. But you just said that you're leading
2: a retreat for the sisters.
1: So is this something that's going on in Chalco and now in Guadalajara?
2: Yeah, what I what the sisters do is they have their renewal of vows. And so I'm giving I'm giving talks. And then so my homily, it's amazing. Actually, the homily is transcribed into four languages or three languages by the end of the day, it's transcribed into Korean, then it's transcribed into Spanish. And um, I think it's transcribed into Portuguese. So I give a daily homily, it's recorded. They take down the salient points and then they send that to the communities because many of the communities cannot have mass at this time, but also my retreat. So I'm giving a retreat, the sisters renew their vows about this time every year. And it's, um, it's about a four day, it's a three day retreat. So I give five talks on their vows, their poverty, chastity, obedience, and then a talk on um, service and a talk on prayer. I, I use the scripture and I use the writings of Father Al, and I try to bring those things alive in these younger sisters that never really knew Father Al. That's
1: tremendous. Is it is it like one of these American retreats, like at Loyal Retreat House in Faulkner, where the men go off and they hear a talk and then Father says, well, go ahead and take a nap for two hours. And then it's... Have a big lunch and come back or talk to not five hours from now. It's sort of like, does
2: it follow that <laughs> no. thematic, or, or how does it? Get no, it's not a, it's not a Father Swink or Father Mahano retreat by <laughs> any means. Okay, okay, it's a serious retreat. So what's happening is, I I have mass at seven, and then the sisters, I come back and I start to talk in the morning right after that, after breakfast, and then they have all day adoration, and then I'm in confession or spiritual direction with the sisters all day. Okay, until six o'clock. And that's kind of my day. That's what I'm doing.
1: So when you when the sisters are spread out in front of you and you're speaking to them, um, are they are they taking down notes? Are they looking you in the eye? Are they looking for something that Father Al might say 30 years later? What's I, I know it's a broad ranging question, but what are they
2: seeking? Yeah, great. So what I've learned is, you know, You know, when you have a founder that dies at a relatively young age, which is 62, there's not a lot of his writings, you know. Unfortunately, there are, but there's not. So what I'm doing is I'm giving meditations and the sisters are taking notes and applying it to their lives. It's really very beautiful. Um, So what I'm seeing in my work is that the sisters are being able to apply these teachings directly into their lives. That's what they're telling me after the retreat, okay? So that's the important part is the applicability of their vow in light of Father Al with connection to Christ and the Scripture, okay?
1: Uh, I I got you. I got you, and I I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that the great majority of sisters that you are speaking to really all over the world, sisters of Mary— come directly from their byproducts or their graduates of the communities. Is that is that is that correct?
2: Yeah. The sisters are, you know, it's a feeding it's a feeding pool, so to speak, for vocations to the priesthood and religious life. So the girls that that go through the program end up trying end up going into the community. So they've experienced formation through the sisters, but they've also experienced also um, their own formation as religious sisters.
1: Now I'm gonna okay. ask something so I'm gonna my father, when I'm going to ask something personal here, I'm going to break in. I, I imagine that some of these sisters, because they grew up just like the girls that they're, uh, that that they're tending to, and the boys they're tending to, that they might have some of these wounds that they've carried all these years, and and you're sort of compelled as as the chaplain to really dig down and address.
2: Yeah, there's there's layers to it. But what's significant is as a religious sister, they're going even more, even deeper into that encounter of healing and grace. And in effect, what I've seen, now I've been with the sisters giving retreats now for a number of years, is that those sisters then become incredible instruments of healing and grace for the children. So the very wounds or struggles that a sister may have then become the, the, the sources of grace for the children.
1: That's tremendous. That's tremendous. Just
2: do us, just
1: do us one favor and give us an idea of one theme that you're really going to hit on this week. I know, I know you're working on the different uh, uh, vowels, but what's something that you really hope they hear? Ah, You know what, I've never really heard it presented that way or boy, that's an interesting take for an American priest down here in Mexico.
2: Uh, well, the theme is called, is a quote of Father Al's. The theme is called the Rosary is Mary's Prayer and Our Prayer Too. And that was a quote of Father Al in 1988. And what I've taken is that theme. And then I've taken the five joyful mysteries and I applied it to a vow. Okay. So today I talked about the birth of Christ and I applied it to their vow of poverty in swaddling clothes. The other day was the Annunciation. And I applied applied that to the reality of of the sister's vow of obedience. The visitation was service. So I'm taking the vows and applying it. What seems to have caught the attention of the sisters is the emphasis on this morning's talk on poverty and and the power of poverty, Christ in the manger, and the poverty that people are drawn to the poverty. People are drawn looking for Christ in poverty, like the wise men, like the shepherds, and to open up in their hearts the idea that they've been called because they have been drawn by their own poverty, their own struggles, and thus, in effect, from there, they become missionaries, and they go back, quote-unquote, another way, like the three wise men having encountered the Christ child. So all poverty is only a place for Christ to be born. All poverty, and we just have to wait for the for the stars, so to speak, the Holy Spirit to guide us, and then to reveal the presence of Christ in different uh, poverties in our lives.
1: Man, I feel like I just went on retreat. I, let me let me finish writing that sentence there. That was that was profound. Man, that's pretty shallow. That's pretty shallow. If you feel like that was enough for you to go on retreat, man. I'm from, I, I, There's not a whole lot to me, Father Dan. You know that by now. So, I do. so, so, <laughs> so that yeah. So we know poverty is a privileged path. It is a privileged path to God. You know, Jesus, uh, Joseph and Mary presented as a sacrifice turtle doves because they were poor. You know, yeah. they were in the rejected town of Nazareth, so that it's just a privileged path.
2: Uh, well, that even one other even even one other thing that I I realized is you know the phrase that I used was in swaddling clothes that was the theme, and I realized I did the research that they used to wrap a newborn baby lamb in swaddling clothes after the birth. I never knew that, and the applicability to Christ and the new the uh, the Lamb of God, um, so. You know, even that was profound for the sisters because many of them came from villages in which mom would wrap them tight, chuck them on their back. And that's how mom lived with the baby on her back.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. You you see those early pictures from Korea and the Philippines walking up those mountainsides. And and it was very yeah. common. Yeah. That's what the sisters right. saw. That's what Father Al saw. Uh, An experience. Father, yeah, that's it. Uh, well, Father, look, you, uh, we're, we're, we're wrapping up here. I, uh, people are very interested in, in, um, in what they can do for you down in Guadalajara, Chalco, and, and when you start traveling to different parts of the world uh, on behalf of the Sisters of Mary as their chaplain. Is there anything that you, would, uh, you might ask that they, they can do to help you in ministry?
2: Well, I'll tell you, there's two things. First, I think to pray. I, I feel really good physically. I really I feel emotionally clear. Uh, but if they could pray for me me the work, because everywhere I go it's like a whole new parish. <laughs> so I leave Chalco. It's like a parish of 3,500 people, and I come here to Guadalajara. It's a parish of 1,500. Okay, and then I got to start over, right? So the renewal. So one of the new things in my heart is I'm not really always seeing. The response of the children I am, you know, as a priest, you always want to see that success, but I have to leave all that to the Lord. So first is to pray. The second is, as I read more about Schwartz and the work that he did, you know, one of the things is to consider joining the that society, the Virgin of the Poor Society, the sisters and I are trying to form, because I really think that Schwartz has a valuable voice in the culture of the church now, in the culture of the priesthood. His priesthood and mine, I think, have lined up really beautiful. I don't want to say that that I totally understand the guy, but I do think that many people are looking for a priesthood like Father Al. And I think we just have this concept that it never existed. And I really do believe that Schwartz has a message that is applicable. It just has to be um, presented in, in, the, in 2020. You know, he wrote in the 70s. But it's really very applicable.
1: Right, I'm with you. It it with well, the thing that always amazes me about uh, Father Al is is he took Vatican II of all things he took Vatican II and he read it and reread it and he said we are called by the church fathers we are called to go out into the margins to serve the poor, and he invited others to Korea, to the Philippines to do just that. So yeah, he's he's um. He's he's a man he's a man he's a priest that is so necessary now because of the poverty, the spiritual poverty. I mean, obviously you see it every day, Father, the material poverty, but the spiritual poverty of a culture that, that has been orphaned. I think Father Al is a father to orphans. Um, I think it's 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 sort of broadened now to the to the lack of fatherhood spiritually that priests need to feed their flock with.
2: Yeah, Schwartz definitely embraced the the concept of the mission to the poor, but he did it uniquely, you know, having gone through Louvain, through the seminary in Belgium, he never lost his sense of Our Lady and he never lost his sense of the Eucharist, which was profound. You know, Schwartz was always this faithful man of God to to Christ um, and to Our Lady when Our Lady called him in in his formation so um i mean that's another story but schwartz definitely had the taste of christ in all that he did
1: uh beautiful beautiful yeah yep he's tireless
2: well father dan
1: thank you i know this is your lunch hour you don't have a lot of spare minutes throughout the day i saw your schedule the other day and i i nearly cried it's uh it's a a matter matter of fact in a couple weeks from now if you don't mind i'd like to go over your day-to-day schedule because it's uh I, I kind of passed it around and and showed others and and they were like you kidding me right I'm like no this is this is what he's doing so so would you be willing to come back in a couple of weeks and uh and just kind of go over the day-to-day life of Father Dan?
2: Sure, Kevin. Not sure I have a choice, but I'd be happy to.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Father, it's we appreciate fun. your we appreciate your time. Get get back to your uh to your four-course meal. And we'll catch up with you. Next time. <laughs> Give me that great coupon
2: over there. Okay. <laughs> Looking forward to it. All right. All right. God, bless God bless you, me. man. Peace. Bye-bye.
0: You've been listening to the one-to-one One podcast with Father Dan Leary and Kevin Wells. If you want to learn more about the founder, Father Al, or how to support Father Dan's mission and the Sisters of Mary's mission, head on over to worldvillages.org and to follow more podcast episodes, go ahead and subscribe, like, share this podcast so more people can find out about the goodness coming out of these awesome conversations. For more podcasts and podcasts just like it, head on over to TheHolyRuckus.com. Thanks so much.